We are creatures as part of our identity. So Eric's doing this series called Who Am I? And today we're studying I'm a Creature. So overview of today, we're going to think about this. Uh, We're going to talk about we're creatures as part of our identity, as part of who we are. And that means we're utterly dependent on God, and we're also morally accountable to him. And then we'll do parent share and discussion. So, being a creature as part of our identity is what author Jerry Bridges says is the most basic truth about humanity. An identity is is who someone is, is the answer to the question, who am I? To answer this question, we must begin with what is most basic about us. We are created beings. Genesis 1.27 tells us that we are created in the image of God. While this makes us different from all of the other animals that God created, we're still creatures. We're still created by someone. And thus, we're both dependent upon and accountable to God. So, let's talk about being utterly dependent on Him. We're dependent on God for so many things in our lives. Psalm 145, 15, and 16, David says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. So what are some things we're dependent on him for? First, food. Unlike the animals that just wander the earth and eat food off of trees, the grass, eat other animals, God has given us the ability to actually cultivate food as part of our dominion mandate, as part of our ability to have dominion over the earth. However, we need to be careful not to take pride in our ability to make food and think that God does not provide this for us. Every single thing that we eat, every single thing that we use to make meals, ultimately comes from God. God also gives us life and breath. This is something we easily take for granted, that just because we live on earth, we have life, we have breath, but again, ultimately, we can't do anything to give ourselves life and breath. We often make plans that we'll do something tomorrow or in the next month or next year, but we often don't take into account that if that's not part of God's plan for our life, we could die tomorrow. We don't have control over our lives. We're utterly and completely dependent on him for giving us life, giving us breath. And then finally, our plans. So how many of you guys have made plans and then later those plans have not come true? Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. We think that We have control over something, we make plans to do something, and then if it doesn't happen, oftentimes we can not understand why it hasn't happened, not understand why our vacation didn't go how we planned it, or what we wanted to do next year didn't go as we planned it. I mean, we're fragile, guys. Like, We don't have control over anything that's coming up in our lives, ultimately. Ultimately, everything aligns to God's plan. I know a lot of you know my story, but I graduated college a year and a half ago with plans to move to Nashville and become a graphic designer for record labels. That wasn't part of God's plan 
and that plan fell through very quickly. And I was left at a crossroads of I can either sulk and be upset about my plans not falling through, or I can accept that this isn't part of God's plan, and I can move forward. And it took some time, but ultimately that's what I did. And here I am a year and a half later. I have my teaching degree. I'm teaching at a fantastic school. And again, it's all part of God's plan. So anytime we make plans, Jesus talks about anytime we make plans, we should say, if it's God's will, this will happen. If it's God's will, this will be the plan of what we do. Ultimately, we need to recognize that our plans are utterly dependent on God and if they're not his plans for our life, they won't work. And we need to be okay with that. So the Apostle James, or Jesus' brother James, uh, says in James four thirteen through 15, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So again, with plans, we're utterly and completely dependent upon God to fulfill those plans. Our dependence on God can ultimately fall into two categories. One, we are physically fragile. So often, unexpected accidents and illnesses can come quickly and physically destroy us. Uh, in his book, Jerry Bridges talks about how he, he, he's been married twice now. His first wife never got sick, barely ever got a cold or anything. And then one day she went to the doctor for just a yearly checkup, and they found out she had had cancer. And within the next 17 months, she was dead. Like, perfectly healthy person. We're utterly dependent on God for life, for health, for everything that happens to us. And physically, we're very fragile. We live in a world that's fallen and sinful. So we, we just have to recognize that, again, if it's in God's plan and God's timing, he'll keep us healthy. If it's not, then that's his plan for us. We're also spiritually vulnerable. So we have three enemies in this life, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is obviously fallen culture, that does not believe in God and wants to draw us away from God. The flesh is obviously your sinful desire within yourself, and then the devil, obviously the tempter, Satan, trying to drive us away from God. So he talks about our flesh as a mole. Do any of you guys know what a mole is? Not the physical creature. <laughs> no, not a freckle either. So a mole was a word used oftentimes during the Cold War as a spy. So it's another word for a spy, but it's a type of spy that is fully ingrained in the culture that they're spying on. So in the Cold War, there were a lot of mole spies who came over from Russia and lived in the United States, had U U.S. names, had American passports, had jobs here, looked to everyone like they were actually American, but secretly they were Soviets and selling all these secrets to Russia. So our flesh is often a mole. Often our flesh, obviously it's inside of us, it's part of who we are. And often our flesh can be working from inside of us to drive us further from God. So we are very spiritually vulnerable. 
our flesh does not want us to follow God, to follow his laws. So we are utterly dependent on God to save us from our flesh and help us follow him. We're also morally accountable to God. We possess moral dimension as human beings. We know right from wrong. We have the ability to obey or disobey. And because we have the ability, we are accountable to God for following through on his laws. Obviously, throughout the Bible, we see several people and areas that were accountable to God. Adam was accountable to God when God told him, this is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of every other tree in this garden you may eat, but not of this tree. Cain was accountable to God. God came to him after he slaughtered his brother and asked him where Abel was. And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? And God essentially said, yes, you are. And then Israel and the Ten Commandments. God gave the Israelites his law. He gave them everything they needed to know to obey him. And over and over and over again, they chose to disobey God. So we're accountable to God because he has given us the law. We know what we are to do, and oftentimes we don't follow it. Jesus says in John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And Paul says, each of us will give an account of himself to God. In the last days, when God calls everyone together, and Jesus returns, everyone will give an account of himself to God. Jesus will sit in judgment and ask us to give an account of our lives, of our actions to him. And apart from a relationship with Jesus, apart from his sacrifice taking the place of our sin, everyone will fall in the sight of God because we know his commandments, but by ourselves we don't follow them. So we're morally accountable to God and we tend to ignore or reject our accountability to him. It's very easy for the world, very easy even for us as believers to know that we shouldn't be doing something because God forbids it, and yet we do it anyway. We reject our accountability to God. We don't think that it matters to him, but it does. Jerry Bridges has a great quote about this in his book, Who Am I? So he says, I began to read a book titled The Day America Told the Truth. It was so discouraging I didn't finish it. The book was written by two men who traveled throughout the United States, randomly interviewing people about their private lives and moral standards. They concluded that each person in America has, in effect, developed his own Ten Commandments. That is, as a nation, we no longer see ourselves as accountable to God, only to self. This is the attitude of the world we live in. And if we do not proactively remind yourselves that we are accountable to God, we begin to think the same way. As long as we stay away from flagrant sins, such as murder and sexual immorality, we tend to think that simply following our own code of conduct is good enough. When I was a schoolboy, we had to memorize the poem Invictus by William Ernest Henley. To this day, I recall the lines, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. At the time, we thought of that poem as teaching courage and fortitude, but it is actually a defiant statement of independence from God. And to some degree, the sentiment behind those words is the defiant attitude of every human being. We don't like to be dependent and accountable, yet we are. 
the words accurately apply to us as creatures made in the image of God. So as he says, oftentimes our culture, oftentimes our flesh wants us to just follow our own code and think that that's good enough. But it's not if we're not following God's laws. It's so easy for us to think that we're the master of our own desires, we're the master of our own destiny, we're the master of where we're going and who we are and ought to be. But that's simply not true. As creatures created by God, we are accountable to him. We are accountable to follow his laws. So where does this drive us to? We should be driven to two things, humility and gratitude. First of all, we need to be humble because we realize that ultimately nothing is in our control. We're dependent on God for life and breath, and we're morally accountable to him. So we can't be prideful about anything that we do right, anything we do well, because that is his spirit working within us. But we also can't be prideful about anything he does, anything he gives us, any attributes we have. Oftentimes, it's very easy for the culture to want to congratulate themselves, want to congratulate one another on abilities, on skills they've been given, on skills they can use. And there's something that Christian rapper NF says that I really, really like in regards to this. So he's talking about how often people come up to him and compliment him on his ability to rap well and on his ability that he's developed to write these lyrics and put them to beats and become successful. But he says, I'm not confused about who gave me the gift. God gave me the gift and he gave me the ability to do this, to sing, to rap. He also gave me an outlet. That's what music is for me. When I feel something, whether it's anger, whether it's passion about something or frustration, this is where I go. That's the whole NF real, thing, real music thing. This is for me. I need this. This is therapy for me. So NF is re realizing that the abilities he's been given are God-given. They're not something that, even though he's worked on them, they're not something that came to him because he decided to have this ability. They're something that was given to him by God. So ultimately, we need to have humility about who we are, about anything that God has given us. And then secondly, we need to have gratitude. We need to realize that the life we've been given, the air that we breathe each and every day, the food, every way God has provided for us, again, it's him providing for us, not us providing for ourselves. So we need to have gratitude to him each and every day for even the little things and not take those things for granted. So I want you guys to go ahead and pair and share and talk about these questions and then we'll come back and have a little discussion. So go ahead and get into little groups and talk.